Hey, welcome back to episode four of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah DeGray. My name is Mujib Khalik. And today's topic is confidence and self-worth. Wow. That's heavy right now, even just like having our pre-combo and thinking about these questions. It's even just hearing confidence and self-worth are heavy topics. It is a heavy topic. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. It's a vulnerable topic. So I think we're going to go kind of deep today. Mm. (laughs) Hope you guys are ready. Uh, What I love too is that uh, week to week, I hope you guys are listening. If you're just tuning in, you want to make sure that you catch up and listen to episodes one, two, and three, because every week it's like an onion being peeled back and you get to learn a little bit more about myself, about Mujib, about our story uh, together and as individuals. And uh, we just want to want you to be on this journey with us. So, mm-hmm. so catch up. And uh, I just love kind of diving deeper every single week. Right, right. And, you know, it really does kind of continue to perpetuate that idea of the listener being a fly on the wall yeah. in that we are getting to know each other even deeper with each one of these episodes, which is really awesome. Like um, we've mentioned it before, before we actually turn this mic on, we're having a conversation that's not directly leading into the episode, but is somehow floating around the episode with what's on our minds when we come through the door. So um, that's why when we turn on this mic, there's so much energy. We're so excited to get into the topic. We are so hype right now. We are <laughs> so ready for this because uh, like we have had this pre-conversation. So a little bit off topic, but it's sort of, you know, got the creative juices flowing. So mm. so we're ready to talk about confidence and self-worth. So um, I kind of want to lead off the question here. And that is, how is your self-worth related to your work product and your evolution as a human being, partner, or a business owner? Wow, yeah. That's heavy. That is heavy. <laughs> um, even just to like take a second and kind of soak that question in and, and ask myself like where I would be if I didn't deem myself worthy enough to hold the roles that I, that I fill mm-hmm. in life, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, kind of to take it, to take the question backwards or to reverse engineer the answer, you know, as a business owner, um, the way that I walk out of my door is everything, right? Mm-hmm. If I walk out of my door and I'm thinking to myself, like, my product isn't on point or am I the person that's going to be the one to deliver this to this person, then there's no way that I'm going to be able to actually present my full self, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if, I, if, I, if I figure that I'm only worth 80% of what I'm bringing, then how are you going to want 100% of what I have to offer, that sort of idea? Yeah. Um, as a partner, especially like, you know, I'm, I'm newly married, right? I've been married for two years. I've been with my, my wife for, you know, going on seven years at this point. And we really have evolved or helped each other evolve in that uh, really kind of seeing the love that somebody else could have for me, like just to mm-hmm. speak for myself, you know, to be able to witness the love that my wife has for me or to, to have her say something to me and let me know the way that she sees me mm-hmm. and me be like, wow, really? Like, that's, that's who you think I am. And that's, it's an amazing kind of gauge mm-hmm. if it's, if it is not just constructive, but if it is actually meant to be uplifting to the other person like I'm going to show you who you are I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass I'm just going to show you how I perceive you so that you can better see yourself through me we Mm -hmm. talk a lot about being a mirror for each other you know Um, and then 
that kind of leads me into the last part, which is just as a human being and that whole idea of being mirrors for each other, you know, like if I come through the door and I'm a, I'm a jerk to you, then you're probably going to reflect back to me that I'm being a jerk to you or that the things that I'm saying to you are offending you, you know? And if I see myself as being like a truly, if I can see my self-worth as being truly big or truly, you know, valuable, mm -hmm. then chances are I'm going to try to project my value to you with my own internal confidence, not projecting my value to you as if I'm trying to prove to you how valuable I am, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So even in, even in seeing myself as a valuable person, I have to evolve the way that I present that or project that because there is a fine line between getting really, really confident and being really, really cocky at that yeah. point in time, yeah. you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like as a human being, self-worth is that kind of fine line that dances with evolution you know mm. like am I going to actually step up to be this person who mm. I'm charging myself up to be or am I gonna gas myself up and then present more of like a deflated version of myself mm. you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing I love to hear that that your partnership is one of of an uplifting experience because you know obviously not everybody has that kind of reciprocity and and that positive relationship with with the person that they're with so that's amazing that that you can sort of that you feel all that love and that that's reflected back and I'm sure you know that the same is true that you give that out um and that can only help feed like the good vibes and how y'all feel about each other um so that's awesome that's always good to hear love everybody <laughs> that's so great right yeah what about you as far as seeing self-worth play into your own evolution as a human, as a partner, and as a business owner? Yeah, you know, it's such a such a big, heavy topic because I think for, for a lot of people, you know, we're all born as human beings, right? And then we're born into certain experiences that will shape um, our own understanding of ourselves and what others tell you, kind of the feedback that you're getting. And, you know, over time, that self-worth can either be um, upgraded or degraded at any time and um, you know for a long time like many I'm sure um, kind of lacked that confidence and that self-worth especially during puberty like that's a big time um, and even beyond like into my college years like really having this degraded sense of self-worth um, so it's interesting to sit here today as a 36 year old woman feeling very different than where I was at 16 or even 26 um, for that matter. So the last decade has, has, has been tremendous growth in terms of my own understanding of, of my worth um, on this planet. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been an interesting evolution that's sort of needed um, some therapeutic help, that's needed some, you know, my go-tos for sort of spirituality and self-care and, and all kinds of things um, to really get to that place as a business owner, like it's so important, as you said, um, for me to place a value on what it is that I do and, and the experience that I give and the expertise that I have, like it's so important for me to have a, a positive and powerful understanding of myself and what I am, what I'm worth, that I am worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I always try to discuss even in my fitness classes, like really empowering people to know their worth, mm -hmm. know that they are worthy because, you know, it is just such a human experience to have your self-worth questioned and degraded in multiple ways, you know, um, whether that is 
from a gender perspective, whether that is from a sexual orientation perspective, a race perspective, a class perspective, whatever. Um, you know, whoever you are out there listening, I am, I am positive you have had a negative experience on you um, for who, who you are and that someone has questioned or tried to poke holes in that armor. Um, so, so yeah, it is all this like evolution and also, and, and to speak to as a partner, I'm in a long-term relationship and it's, it's been amazing to see that evolution of, of care and love and parts of myself that I have now accepted through the eyes of my partner. So I can totally relate to that. Um, you know, I absolutely believe that that self-love begins with the self, um, but it can absolutely be nourished with a loving partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, parts of myself that I've previously been self-conscious of or whatever, um, you know, we'll dive deeper into this. Um, it's, it's been really amazing to reach some new milestones, like through that, through that partnership, um, and through that love as well. So yeah, I mean, it's a journey. It is, and it's one that's continuing. This doesn't stop. Right, right. It doesn't stop. Um, new challenges, but I'm just, I'm happy to be kind of plugging along in a direction where I feel like looking back, I'm in a better place than I was, Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. put it like that. It makes me really think of the the difference between how we perceive validation and almost like a verification, right? Mm. So um, if I have a high self-worth, then the relationships that I'm in are probably going to verify that Mm. for me. You know what I mean? Like, even if I don't necessarily see myself as the the person that I want to become yet, like Mm -hmm. if I'm looking around and I'm seeing, okay, these people started a podcast. I've been wanting to start a podcast this whole time and I haven't necessarily jumped on it yet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be lacking because I haven't done that. Like I might see myself as being that podcast host and maybe I need to hear a couple more podcasts, podcasts to get my 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 ideas in order get my bearings straight and then I can start to build myself into that person and then the things that I'm doing are probably going to verify to me that I'm on the right track Mm -hmm. oh wow I came across this podcast where people are really just chatting into a mic I think maybe I could do that Mm -hmm. um the difference between the validation right then comes from okay I've got my podcast out I'm putting it out there and I'm checking the numbers every single moment are they being downloaded are people watching them um how much are people validating to me that I'm a podcast host you know um it 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 for me I think that it opens up a wormhole in that idea of Nobody has to validate that we're podcast hosts. This is the fourth episode of our podcast. We're you know doing, what I mean? We're podcast hosts. We're podcast hosts, right? We <laughs> yeah. verified that yeah, on, yeah. on Spotify, right? Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Um, and for somebody who's out there who might be also gathering their resources to do that, you know, continue to, to verify to yourself that you are on that path. You, mm. you are taking those first steps necessary to reach that version of yourself that mm. you're seeing yourself at. And as you look around, you're going to see the things that verify that that's happening. So when we bring that back to self-worth, we say, you know, I look at myself and I say, look, I'm attractive enough. I am I'm smart enough to do all the things that I want to be able to do. I have enough resources to do what I want to do. And then I'm going to start seeing those little truths trickle in. You yeah. know what I mean? Somebody who I deem to be attractive might find me attractive and express their interest in me. And I'm saying, oh, wow, that's I carried myself this way and that person sees the way that I'm bringing it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily like I'm out here in the world looking for somebody to tell me that they see me. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know you see me. I'm right here. That sort of idea. So it's the difference in, again, the verification versus the validation. And when it comes to love from somebody else or being able to have somebody else, you know, give you that perspective that shows you that, yes, I do see you. You are loved, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. Then it is more of that verification mm -hmm. in that way. For me, at least that's what it makes me think of right now. Yeah, I love I love that. The, the, the difference you're making or the delineation you're making between that because one thing that um, I've called myself in the past is a validation junkie mm. um, and uh, maybe some people can relate to this kind of always chasing validation and it's almost an addiction mm. um, and what I mean by that is sort of it's chasing these affirmations from other people that I'm doing a good job that I'm on the right path that I'm excellent, other things. But what, what it requires is the approval of others, the validation from other people that what I'm doing is good enough. And what it's lacking is the self-understanding that of course what I'm doing is good enough. I'm gonna step out and just, this is me, this is who I am, take it or leave it, and I don't need your validation. And so, my personal evolution really, especially in the last decade and, and really in the last couple of years, um, has been going from this needing external validation less, less and less. Like really having that power within me and that confidence and that self-worth like beginning to just burn stronger. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and part of that for me has been a journey with my own hair. Mm -hmm. And it's something I really want to talk about right, with you. Right. <laughs> so Mujib and I have been trying to figure out ways to work in uh, talking about hair, our hairstyles, our changing hair. Um, and we thought this would be a great chance yes. to do it. I love it. So why don't you go first? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this. <laughs> I don't even know if we had actually recorded the first episode yet when we started really talking about hair. Yeah. Um, and it was... I think the conversation was actually, yes, we had recorded the first episode. We were putting it out. You had put out a newsletter and in the newsletter talking about let's get to it. There was an older picture of you where yes. you had long hair, yes. you know? Um, and I mentioned on episode one about having long hair myself. Um, for me, hair has always played such a large role in my not just my life, because that's a bit too general, but in my actual evolution as a person, right? Mm -hmm. um, so where I'm growing up in D.C., like to not have a haircut is a significant thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can go get a shave up. It costs you 12 bucks. When I was a kid, it cost $8, you know what I mean? So, like, it's more just like a... It's, it's not as much a, a resources thing. Like our parents are always going to put together a dollar here or there to be able to get us that $8 to go and get a haircut or we're going to do the things that we need to do to get our allowance up to go get a, a shape up or something like that. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't take the step to go ahead and, and go to the barbershop and get yourself a haircut, people are really going to kind of look at you a certain way, you know. Um, why don't you have a shape up? Why are you coming into something that's supposed to be a, a formal event or something like that, like an actual affair where you're supposed to be presenting yourself and you don't have a lineup at least, you know, mm -hmm. on, your, on your hairline. So it first was just like a basic status thing. Like you're, when we were really, really coming up, my mom was really just starting out on her own with us as kids. Um, 
didn't always have a fresh haircut. You know, I was a five-year-old, six-year-old. I look back at some of those pictures, and sometimes our hairlines were off or something like that. So by the time we're like eight or nine, me and my brother could walk ourselves to the to the barbershop, go get a shape up, you know, at Kelly's Barbershop or something like that in Aspen Hill. Um, and so fast forward to like the seventh grade or something like that, you know, I've gotten, I've been getting shape ups and like monthly or whatever, but I haven't actually cut my hair. So my mother says to me, I want to see how long your hair actually is, you know, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like I can see my hair or whatever. So she braids my hair up. And when she takes my braids out, my hair is like four inches longer, you know, it just like blows out, you know, and all of a sudden I have like this thick wave in hair. If you remember like, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, like when the first of the month came bum, out. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum, yes. bum, Right. Of course so, I do. So, you know, like their hair was always just waving in the wind. Like yep. that, that's that era I'm talking yep. about. You know, it's like 1994, 95. Yep. And um, so my hair is now blown out. You know, it's waving in the wind. I'm yep. like, oh, wow, I didn't even know it could do that. So, like, I just got a Deion Sanders jersey, like a Cowboys jersey for my birthday. Yep. So I put on my Deion Sanders jersey. I got my pair of blue jeans. I got my blue shoes. And I'm just, like, out the door. All of a sudden, I'm this new person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my hair is blown out. I get to school. People are like, whoa, look at your, wow, is that Mujib? Like, this and that, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, like, by the end of the year, I'm the kid with the big, the big flowing bush. And I got, like, the pretty girlfriend who I never I was like even at the time I was too scared to talk to her still you know and she's like you know five foot five and I'm like (laughs) you know four nine still I'm still a little kid you know um but at the same time it allowed me to kind of like present myself anew before I was timid you know and now my hair is blown out and I have this not even the it's almost like the hair didn't give me the confidence but I had to build the confidence to wear the hair that way Totally understand. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, so you know that was kind of like my first, my my first exploration into what I could do with my hair yeah. that would allow me to uh, present myself more as this version of myself that I actually saw myself as. Like I could have washed my hair, and, or I could have like blown my hair out and and been like. Uh, this doesn't look right or right. something like that. But I blew my hair out and I was like, oh, there's Mujib. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. me. Like I'm seeing. Because again, like, and this will this will tie, we'll tie this into the actual episode a little bit deeper. But um, I'm looking at Bone Thugs and Harmony, and I'm saying those guys are cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be like those guys. Like, look, they're harmonious, they're wavy, they're cool. Yep. You know. And now all of a sudden, my hair looks like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now I can walk that talk. Like, I am that person. I have this this dope brand new jersey on. I got these cool shoes on. I got this hair. Like, I'm going to walk out into the world and be this person, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's part A, because mm-hmm. we're going to exactly. get to the dreads later. Um, but I so resonate with that. Um, and, you know, my experience coming much later in my life, really the last couple of years. So um, for those of you that don't know me, haven't seen me, although you can see the little caricature of Mujib and I, I am pretty short hair on that. Um, I cut my hair two years ago. It's been two years where I went really short um, and my hair was really long previous to that. And um, chopped it all off and it, it was very intentional. It was not on a whim. It was it was well thought out. Um, and what was really interesting to me was, you know, the reactions after the haircut because it was a pretty big transformation in terms of, you know, how much was cut off. 
And you know, one of the one of the questions that I kept getting was, what made you do this? Like, what was this catalyst? As if something you know precipitous occurred or something. And I I just remember telling people, I've been wanting this hair for 20, 25 years, um, and I never felt the confidence to do it until two years ago. So at the age of 34. Um, which in a way is slightly heartbreaking. Um, but in another way, it just, when that hair just kind of came off and I could see my face and my jawline and, and, and I, I felt like I stepped into my own power Mm -hmm. and, and just kind of, you were like, oh, there's Mujib. It was literally like this moment there's, this is Sarah. And, you know, I may never grow it out again. I can't really think of many reasons why I would. The pandemic was messing with it a little bit, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, but it, it just felt like, the, you know, this, this is me. This is who I am. And, and now I feel sort of fully reflected back in the, in the mirror. Mm-hmm. The other really interesting question that I got was, um, what did your boyfriend think and oh, did he know you were going to do this? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of irks me a little bit. Um, no, I did not ask permission <laughs> to do something to my hair. My hair is on my body. Um, so I did not tell him, I did not tell my partner what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel a need to, didn't feel a reason to. Just get, going to the hairdresser. And um, we're still together. <laughs> So, you know, it seemed that sort of the response, especially from women that I received, that was really kind of shocking to me, a little bit disturbing, a little bit unfortunate was sort of this, you know, um, does, you know, does your partner like it? What does he think about you? Has his opinion of you changed? Right. Because there's this, you know, we tie so much in to hair length, you know, particularly from from a women's perspective on femininity sexual orientation, you know, maybe, you know, class, you know, whatever you can, you can factor a lot into the hairstyle, right. And what that presents or the story that it supposedly tells. Um, and you know, but that's not the full story. So it's, you know, I was just blown away by, well, did you think he was going to break up with me? Cause I cut my hair. Mm. Well then he's a jerk if that were the case. Um, and so that was just kind of a really fascinating thing to kind of engage with people on. And I just found, you know, this response from a lot of, again, women in particular, like, wow, you're so brave. I can't believe, I could, I could never do that. Or I wouldn't look good that way. I'm like, fuck it, cut your hair and find, yes, you could. First of all, yes, you could. Mm. You can cut your hair. It, do, it, it Well, not for everybody, but it may or may not grow back. But there's, there's other things out there that, you know, you can, you can, change your hairstyle or experiment right um but it's yes you could like the bottom line yes you can right you absolutely can shave your head mm-hmm. i mean you you can do it and if and if people react to you negatively because of that bold move then pff, right. i mean you don't need them you don't need that validation mm-hmm. there we go right tie it back in right 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 oh and, you know, let this conversation that you're listening to be the verification that you're looking for, that you don't need that validation. You know, let, let, us, let us verify for you that, mm-hmm. that that definitely is your body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For, for, for me, it makes me think of, you know, facial hair, right? Mm-hmm. So 
you know, if I, if I have a full beard, I'm going to walk through the world, I'm going to feel it a certain way. Maybe I can feel my mustache tickling my nose or something like that. And, you know, if I'm a, a, a ruffian or like a, a roughneck dude or a wily, you know, woodsman or something like that, then my beard is going to be as wild as it wants to be. But if I'm trying to put myself in a role where I look clean cut or I look somewhat trimmed or like, like I've taken some time to at least assess what my, my appearance looks like, um, maybe I'm going to trim that beard out and line it up or something like that. Uh, or maybe one day I'm just going to cut the whole thing off, mm -hmm. understanding that it's going to grow back, that mm -hmm. sort of idea. Like, that's one of the things I love the most about hair, mm -hmm. whether it's on my face or on my head or anywhere else on my body. Like, it's, it is mine to do with what I want mm -hmm. to do with it. And I can experiment with it. If mm -hmm. I want to, you know, braid my hair up, I can do that. If I want to cut one whole side of my hair off, I can do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Hair, hair definitely has those. Hair is such an interesting thing because, like you said, so much of the way that we might move through the world has the potential to be dictated by what is somebody else going to think. Right. You know, if I came in here with my hair dyed blonde and, you know, my hair is brown, right? If I came in here with my hair dyed blonde and maybe even like leopard printed like Dennis Rodman or something like that, how are you going to feel about that? Am mm -hmm. I still going to be able to get a job? Am I still going to be able to present myself the way that I am? So on and so forth. So um, hair is just one of those things that can be the number one hang up. I mm -hmm. remember, you know, you mentioned the dreadlocks. So um, I've had two pairs of dreadlocks in my life so far. The first one that I had, it was kind of like my rite of passage. Mm -hmm. I was 19 years old. I had just graduated high school. Um, and I was just like, I'm going to dreadlock my hair. I'd met somebody who had dreadlocks and I said, that looks pretty cool. So I dreaded my hair. And I remember like seeing the Rasta man on the, on the Metro bus and like asking him, you know, is it working? You know, and him being like, yeah, yeah, it's working. It's working. looks good. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, again, looking for that, not necessarily validation, but I'm looking for him to verify is this what it's supposed to look like? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, no, it's supposed to look like that. And so I wore those dreadlocks for some time. And I remember when I cut them off, um, I was driving and some friends of mine drove past me going the opposite direction. And, you know, I took the hat off that I had on and they did a double take. They actually turned around and came back to where I was going to my job. And um, you know, I remember one of them said, you know, the first thing that he said was, oh, he's never going to get a date now. You know what I mean? Because they, to them... You know, everything was in these locks that I had, everything mm -hmm. about me, you know, I, and that goes back to when I was a little kid. I can remember cutting my hair when I had that big flowing bush and I cut my hair and all of a sudden, like the all the football coaches thought I could hit harder. You know, they were mm -hmm. like, oh, man, it's like the opposite of Samson and Delilah. Like you cut your hair and now you're stronger, you know. So, again, we go all the way back to these these mythologies that let right. us know that our hair is supposed to be a certain way. Right. Or, yeah. or there's a certain amount of power that's that's held in the hair. Um, and, you know, that can tie into different religions around dreadlocks especially you know rastafarianism or bifall like it's like a morid islam um when you're dealing with the fact that like i'm perceiving my hair as being this antenna what's going to happen if i cut it off you know mm. um so again what am i going to do am i going to do what i feel in my heart I'm, it's time for this hair to come off my head and for mm. me to shine as this person that i see myself as who i am about to be or I got to leave these dreadlocks on because, you know, I don't want to be a bald head or something like that. So, mm. um, well, it just speaks to sort of, well, I mean, it speaks to 
um, the different identities that we take on and, and sort of, you know, identities associated with, with that, whether it's hair length or style or color, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, a, a word I used in the last episode was sort of shape-shifting, and so it's sort of interesting. I know, you know, at this point I now like to play with the length and the color of, of my hair and, and use it as kind of an expression of where I'm at and, and you know, how spicy or funky I'm feeling, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it, it can be um, a cool canvas if, if you treat it that way and, 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 and really an expressive or statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, that identity can really kind of flow through flow through the locks right, <laughs> so to right. speak you know and the confidence at that like the confidence that you have to be able to shape yourself the way that you want to be and then walk out of your house that way you yeah. know and not to stick a hat on or to not like you know put a wig on your head or something like that or to put a wig on your head if you want to do that too yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so many I don't know it goes again it goes really back to the idea of like how do we see ourselves and how do we want to present ourselves in yeah. the world yeah. and then how can we gather and gain the confidence to be able to do that you know I have a friend of mine who we were in California and they went out to get a tattoo Mm -hmm. you know and they were going to get a tattoo they didn't know where they were going to get the tattoo or anything like that they came back the whole side of their head was shaved they had a huge tattoo all on the side of their head you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it was just like it looked like it had never it looked like it had always been there. Like, mm. it looked like it had never been any different. Like, this is a part of this person that it's almost like they cut their hair and they had the tattoo underneath mm. it already, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and to have that, again, that that confidence to then walk with that, mm-hmm. to not feel ashamed, oh, man, I did something that the people around me might not vibe with, but mm-hmm. instead, I did this thing, now I'm going to stand by it, I'm going to stand on that, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel that way about tattoos a lot of the times, you know, these th- th- different roles that we that we create for ourselves by doing some sort of modification to our appearance and then living by that Mm. standing by that you know this is it's a commitment you know yeah it's a commitment to myself to my own confidence that sort of thing what's coming to mind for me hearing you say that is sort of um you know not living your life to make other people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. you know so having this confidence and um and whatever, however that speaks to you, whether it's in hairstyle or piercings or tattoos or other forms of expression or just how you dress. Um, yeah, just not needing permission and not, you know, it's think about aspects of professionalism and, um, you know, what's considered acceptable, whether it's in the boardroom or otherwise, although the universe is rapidly changing right now. So who knows if anyone's ever going to go into the office, Mm -hmm. um, again, but but that's just, you know, so interesting, you know, just levels of, you know, do I have to dress in a way that makes you feel comfortable or can I, you know, can I wear my bra outside of my shirt? And you might say something. Um, but but yeah, I sort of, you know, I I, I admire that quality in, in people mm-hmm. who just are, are going to walk through life saying, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be accommodating necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and there is a time and a place where it starts to, you know, when we talk about respect or respecting an institution or respecting a ritual or respecting a, you know, a household or something, you know, it, c- it can get muddy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely do have a respect for people that are, that sort of walk with that confidence um, and not necessarily like an, an F you middle finger to the world. Um, you know, I, I think there is that sort of just almost like that just stoic 
way of being, you mm-hmm. know, it, there's almost this power and sort of like this, this loudness on your, on your person without coming out of your mouth, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of right. like going all over the place with this. But. I mean, I think that that's, I think that the topic of hair for both of us has been a significant enough internal issue that we've had to deal with. Like you said, like you've, you wanted the hairdo for 20 years, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, which I'm going to ask you a question about that in a second. Sure, sure. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, we both, even as you've cut your hair, you've changed it time and time again. You've had ample time to grow it back out or to not dye it blonde or to not bleach it or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so here's my question, okay. actually. Do you remember what your inspiration was to wear short hair when you were that young? Like, was there some archetype that you looked at or something that... Oh, when I was, when I was younger Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that's a great question. I, you know, well, I had to cut my hair for a a musical role in high school and it wasn't cut as short as I wear it now. Um, but that was sort of my, my first sort of tiptoeing. I really wanted this role, um, a lead role and you you had to sign on an audition form. Would you be willing to cut or change your hair? And, And, you know, I had longer hair and, um, you know, high school, super, vulnerable at that time thinking okay well my need for this part my desire for this part supersedes I guess like you know me caring what other people are going to think about it so I ended up getting the part and and having to go get my hair cut um so you know just sort of embodying that that role of another person um and then you know actresses just sort of or you know women that I saw as strong women um, you know, with haircuts, it, it actually, it really came much later. Um, uh, when I saw the movie V for Vendetta mm-hmm. with Natalie Portman, and I believe it came out in 2005, but I could be wrong. Fact check that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that movie and, um, she shaves her head in that movie and I like something lit up in me, like I'm going to do that one day or I'm, I'm going to. Um, and actually for the record, I have not shaved my head yet. I will, um, (laughs) I will on this podcast. All right. Um, Mujib's going to do it (laughs) and then we're just going to tell you what's happening. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, so it's, you know, it kind of came from, um, these film, these sort of like female archetypes, um, Charlize Theron is one that comes to mind and sort of all the badass roles that she's played like in Mad Max and and beyond and and her changing. So um, kind of more of these just strong female archetypes that I've seen Mm -hmm. on screen um, were just kind of inspiring um, at that point. So that was a little bit later on, but I was definitely sort of flirted with that 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 hairstyle or shorter hair in high school but again it was like an attempt to it was for a part mm-hmm. like okay i gotta i gotta do this i gotta um but i didn't stick with it i mean i did let it grow back out okay. uh. yeah um i want to circle back and 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 kind of talk about confidence more you know at the center of, of this conversation and is confidence a necessary element of success mm. Yeah, I don't, tricky question. I don't, I, I wouldn't say direct yes to that question, yeah. you know, like, like I wouldn't, it's not a hard yes, because I think that we can, in the world as human beings, we can have a lot of success without having a lot of confidence, you mm-hmm. know, my success might be completely driven by the fact that I don't feel confident enough in my mm-hmm. own ability to stop working, you know, I, 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 like, 
I have to keep working. And, and that's a really because if interesting I don't point. keep working, then I'm not confident that I'm going to be able <laughs> to live my life. So I have to create this, uh-huh. this extreme success or this like really, really high level of success because I'm not necessarily confident enough to think that this is enough. Now, again, I said it's not a hard yes. It's not a hard no either mm-hmm. because, you know, for me to achieve the level of success that I am drawing out for myself to go for, mm-hmm. right? The bar that I'm setting for myself. So again, going back to those previous episodes and 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 hearing what we've talked about with the idea of what motivates us. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've set a high bar for myself, I'm gonna have to have the confidence that I can achieve that goal to be right. able to go for it. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, there's a yes and there's a no. You know, confidence, I have to have it to achieve this goal, but sometimes I've set the goal because I don't necessarily have the confidence that I can do anything else. Yeah, and I, I think that's just such an honest explanation of it because self-confidence, it's just, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a constant mm-hmm. um, for anybody. It's not linear. You don't, you know, I've never found that just like the confidence just steadily increases and has since birth. (laughs) It's if I were to draw it, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's so interesting, you know, if I'm chatting with other business owners and uh, and other folks like this journey, this journey of entrepreneurship and kind of putting yourself out there. It is like, uh, what do I want to say? Like, you know, uh, pinball like with your confidence mm. you know there are some <laughs> right 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 so some days you know it's going to be shot super high you know um you know in our in our industry you know maybe somebody leaves a public review or a client gives you some feedback and and it's really positive someone has just an amazing experience with you and like yeah you're riding high confidence is like, yeah i'm doing it mm. they like me <laughs> you know a little bit of that validation um, and then maybe you sidestep something where you, you know, your business grows to a point where you just, you don't know what you're supposed to do or you know what you need to do, but you don't know if you can do it. Mm. And so I know my confidence levels, you know, I think a lot of people when they meet me or they, they have an idea about me or whatever their perception may be based on this aggregate is, oh man, Sarah, she's so confident or, you know, et cetera, what, fill in the blank. And no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wavers all the time and it just sort of, I mean, talk about this, this pandemic, even, Mm -hmm. you know, these low points of, of self-confidence and really kind of having to, to kind of build it back up and just say, okay, what are you going to do? So, you know, there are these totally low moments. Can you describe a little bit of that, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I talked about it a little bit, you know, a couple episodes ago, just about, you know, that step back of like not knowing, um, you know, what was going to happen next, but I'll go even deeper pre-pandemic. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but almost like having this imposter syndrome that happens, um, you know, like, okay, I want to be a fitness instructor and, and extrapolating that and being like, okay, what, well, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I think, um, folks identifying with any gender will, will, I think, uh, maybe agree with this or, or, or kind of understand it that um, in the in the business of fitness, I know for me, you know, you sort of think, okay, what is a person that does what I do? What kind of body do they have? What how do they present? Um, you know, a, a certain level of fitness, maybe a certain size. 
um, you know, maybe a certain muscular structure um, or what have you, body fat, all of these things, trigger words. Um, and so, you know, there was a period of time where, you know, you know, looking in the mirror, like, do I physically present as a fitness trainer? Are people going to take me seriously? You know, are people going to want to train with me? And, and putting a lot of pressure on having a certain body, re, re, you know, reflected back, you know, okay, well, if people, you know, see me a certain way, or if I've got, if I've got defined abs or I've got, you know, whatever on the list, okay, well, that, those are all signifiers. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a trainer. I take care of myself. I know what I'm doing. There's like the verifying validation kind of spectrum. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I've struggled a lot just in terms of, you know, how the body changes on any given day, week, month, year, taking a lot of the sort of different variations on shapes, like any human being would. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah, just kind of like navigating. I've had some really low, low points in terms of like the self-worth and the confidence when it just comes to that, like understanding of my own, my own body image, mm. you know, to mm -hmm. be like totally honest. Right. It's, it's heavy, heavy, heavy topic. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's heavy stuff. And those of you, you know, if you're listening out there and you're, you're a regular rever and you've come to classes, um, part of the reason why the messaging is body positive if you will or really we kind of take the body out of fitness um, and what I mean by that is it's not about what you look like mm -hmm. it's not about we talked about this last week like you don't have to get in shape to show up to either my place or Majib's place like it's not about that it's not even about you know after you're here for 30 days 60 days 90 days there's there's no expectation that you're going to come out looking like fill in the blank right. Um, we don't talk like that. We don't teach to that. We don't preach that. We don't make promises um, because it's not about that. Um, and so I, it's, it's so important because of my own struggles and that sort of, you know, um, that there is not an emphasis on this is going to trim your waistline and give you this booty and blah, 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 and all that. And you can get that elsewhere. You know, that's, that's all over the Internet if you want that you're not going to find that here. And, and, you know, I, I, I want to focus on how you're feeling, you know, how is your mental health? How is your, you know, your emotional wellness, your spiritual wellness when you're here having this experience with other human beings? Um, and not about like, is this gonna, you know, what is this gonna, how is this going to shape my body? Because that's just like, that just happens or doesn't happen. It's just the body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's so much more going on. So, you know, it's been really interesting to kind of to be for someone who's personally struggled with appearance and body image in the, in the past and has a has had a long um, battle struggle kind of with that. Um, and still to this day, like that shit doesn't really ever go away completely. Um, you know, just navigating that like, oh, my God, I'm a fitness instructor and I'm on a podium in front of people. Mm. And is this helping? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you right. know, that's something very real. And, and I think a lot of listeners will be able to identify with, you know, just, um, you know, your confidence in your self-worth as it relates to how your body is presenting. Um, and, and, you know, what society tells us is, you know, what's desirable, what, you know, even I've talked about this with Mujib, even scientifically, the, the BMI chart, which is like a travesty in the medical community um, that, you know, I'll be completely honest. I am five foot three. I weigh 140 pounds. 
So the BMI chart puts me in this like obese column. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not in the obese column. I'm a, I'm a muscular woman, strong. Um, but how devastating that is psychologically. You walk in for a doctor's appointment, you get on the scale, and someone has to have a conversation with you. Like, Let's talk about BMI. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> that's messed up. So there's just like so many you know, so many things like, um, you know, related to that. So, you know, throw out your scales, (laughs) stop, you know, if you've got a goal and it's to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to ask you why, Mm -hmm. where'd you get that number? Who told you that? What, what's that about? So, you know, the more non-scale goals you can have in your life, like how about to put, you know, 50 pounds over your head? That's a goal. That's a goal you can work towards. Mujib will help you with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know what I, I, I would be really interested to sort of hear the, the male experience with this and, and whether it's sort of body image, size, whatever, right. um, you know, how do you, how do you relate to that? It's, it's a thing. Yeah. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> and it's something that really doesn't go, at least in my life, it hasn't gone talked about oftentimes, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I've always been a very heteronormative presenting, like, I'm in the trenches with the alpha males trying to box it out. Like I grew up fighting. I'm a fighter. I've, I've always kind of, if, in my 20s and everything, like I was in a dude club. Like if, if there was a party and there were dudes on one side and <laughs> girls on the other side, women on the other side, I was with the dudes on this side. I'm doing dude stuff, doing you know, <laughs> nuthead things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was raised by women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not only that, but I was raised by like black women. So it's not it's not my natural inclination to try to be the alpha male or try mm. to be the, the most brolic dude. I was just told by my folks, like, you got to be able to fight. Like, mm. don't let anybody knock you down. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, this is your sister, so you got to be ready to fight for her. So, you know, I was really put into this role of you're, you're a male, you're a brother, you're a little brother, you're, you know, a son. Like, you take the trash out, you got to do these things. So I was, like, really put into that role of, like, what is a man supposed to be ready to do when yeah. you become older? Um, and we, we, can we attach masculinity to that? Like, sort of this sort of version of masculinity? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You know, it was I was always told, like, this is what men are supposed to do. This is what men are supposed to be like. like did you get the whole, like, be a man thing? Like, did people um, say that to you? Not so much that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that was more just assumed. Assume, okay. You know what I yeah. mean? That, okay. Like I was going to come, I was going to show up for that role. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. And I had an older brother too who also showed me like this is what we do. And I was raised Muslim so there's also like the defined roles mm-hmm. of like you go through this door and you listen to what these guys are going to tell mm-hmm. you about how to be. Um, and you know, there, there it took like going into my 20s and learning more about well, really what it actually took was me getting to be about 29 years old and realizing that I wanted more platonic relationships with women and mm. femme-bodied people or just femme people, period. Yeah. Um, because everything that I had done had been so convoluted by like this, this romantic notion of what the masculine is supposed to be to the feminine and, and how you know everything can get kind of clouded up by, does this person like me or not? Or mm. is, is this person... Uh, a potential partner of mine or not and then just stepping back and being like actually no I want a bunch of women to be my friends who I know aren't going to be my partner and let me see what that's like I'm tired of being surrounded by all of these meathead dudes all the time that are trying to like measure each other in every single way mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. let me just 
roll with a little bit more softness. Like I love my mom, I love my sister, I love my brother, I love my uncles too. Um, but a lot of them were also raised by women as well. So we were kind of like shown to always have this softer, more compassionate side, you know, not only that, but like being raised a Muslim, you hear the stories about the prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, as they say, you know, um, and it's basically like he had daughters, he had wives, like he was a man for women, like he stood up for women, all these, he learned from his first wife how to even be a man, that mm -hmm. sort of idea. So it, masculinity's always been tied into femininity for me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like what, I, my mother raised me, you know, yeah. my sister was the one who comforted me. My sister held me close at night when I was scared and taught me how to not be afraid of the dark, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, the women in my life showed me what a powerful person could be. Mm -hmm. So for me, like the, all of that masculine, like, bravado was all just like a measuring against each other that wouldn't stand up to my mother or my auntie if they were trying to measure you for the type of man that you were yeah. you know what I mean um so that's just a really convoluted way of saying that it gets murky you know yeah. in in the in the 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 stereotypical heteronormative American male role and it can be a world role but I'm just speaking from the standpoint of somebody who grew up in this country um you know you 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 gotta be able to fight or you gotta be, you know, hiding your emotions or, you know, you gotta have the, 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 the super physique or you gotta be Captain America, this and that or whatever. Um, and it's, it creates a lot of insecure people. I've known a lot Absolutely. of insecure dudes in my life. Mm -hmm. um, going back to that idea is confidence necessary for success, you know, like I don't necessarily even have the confidence to know that I'm good in my body. So, I'm going to just like compensate in all these different mm -hmm. ways mm -hmm. in my success. I'm going to show you how big my ego can be, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't really think I'm that big. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I've always been small. Like it's a blessing. I've been a small statured person. I'm five foot six. I weigh 129 pounds sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not what you would think is a, like a big, strong person. But because of that, I never saw myself as really being a big, strong person. Mm. So my compensation was like, nah, you got to be like a, a, a chihuahua. Like, I got to be mean, you know, mean and yappy, you know. Um, it wasn't until I was like 30 years old and I started to, again, surround myself with people who could reflect my true nature back to me. People that weren't trying to measure me against them. Mm -hmm. And always trying to put themselves up a little bit higher by bringing everybody else mm. down, you know. Um, the sarcasm culture, the joke culture, the the sort of like, you know, constantly ragging on each other culture that really is just very toxic for for men to have to deal with this mm -hmm. all the time, you know. And you know, at this point in time, you, know, you can I'm not the stereotypical heteronormative dude anymore, you know. I'm, I'm I've been softened by the relationships that I've created for myself, so that I'm not as aggressive you know i'm aggressive when i go for the things that i want but i'm not like a violent person in mm -hmm. my conversation in the way that i present myself i don't have to show everybody that i can beat up everybody who comes at me you know mm. the people who i'm surrounding myself don't even think like that they're not thinking about violence as being an indicator of 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 value mm -hmm. you know um but for us like it's you get bombarded by a ton of things that are telling you like are you man enough you know mm -hmm. what I mean is and also you know something because this is an authentic conversation you know we kind of have to you can't talk about the male American experience without talking about the penis envy that comes into that mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and it's this like 
it's this heteronormative you can never look at another man's penis so like you never see like another hard penis unless it's on like pornography right? right so if if that's how people are telling you that you're supposed to match up to be the sexual partner you got the big dick or whatever like mm -hmm. that um if you don't have a personal self value like a, if you can't see yourself for who you are then it's i know so many dudes that are like trying to figure it out i've had mm -hmm. people ask me like man how big is your dick really you know and like well i can tell you because i don't mind telling you you know what i mean but what is that doing for you? Is that right. so that you can kind of get your own measurement against the world? Mm. If that's what you need, do it. You know, don't don't hesitate to go for that. Like, and look at yourself fully, whatever. Tied into that. A lot of the times, yeah, yeah. 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 Because we hear this these average numbers, you know, mm -hmm. like it's and it's so funny because you know you mentioned size multiple times, and the whole time that you're talking about size, like for me, it would be perceived like we're almost almost like we have to ignore the dick size stuff mm -hmm. because I got to talk about how size of my muscles it's the size of my muscles it's yeah. the size of my car yeah. but in reality in this country specifically where we're yeah. so gender separated yep. you know what I mean we're not we're not and and everything is so about modesty and covering yourself up mm -hmm. it's very hard to even to say like you know I'm, I we got to wear baggy shorts so that you can't see what my actual shape of my genitals are mm -hmm. because I don't want you to know like they're small or mm -hmm. they're funny shaped or mm -hmm. it's not circumcised or mm -hmm. so on and so forth it leads me into like what who even draws these lines who even mm -hmm. decides like this is the standard of what you're supposed to be like and mm -hmm. and then how do you try to fit yourself into that box so I can't honestly talk about the the my own experience as mm -hmm. a male without talking about the the penis envy or like the 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 actual like dick measuring that happens yeah. amongst dudes that are trying to be or not just dudes but just like I don't know for some reason when I'm talking about it, it sounds so superficial but that's I think is the whole thing about it what we're uncovering right now is like why is that so superficial right. it's it's literally an anatomical design mm -hmm. that people have had since the beginning of time like I know I have a penis in between my legs, like, I know that my body is built a certain way, but it's still, as a 37-year-old person who's talking on a podcast that I'm hosting with somebody else who's sitting right across from me, it's still, like, taboo, you right. know, I'm not supposed to mention that sort right. of thing, you right. know, um, uncouth, uncouth. <laughs> which then it, it helps me deny a part of myself, so for me, right. like, a lot of that confidence, a lot of that, like, self-worth took me actually seeing myself as... A sexually worthy person mm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um, maybe it came from somebody saying something mean to me when I was in a relationship with them and it mm -hmm. skewed my perception of mm -hmm. what I was like you know yep. maybe it took like the people around me always like giving me a funny nickname at some point in time so it kind of turned my own self-perception backwards you know mm -hmm. I'm not seeing myself as being the small person or like the the weak person or the insecure person but when I look back at myself I'm like I'm actually very secure in who I am mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's it's the people around me that might be a little less secure with me actualizing with all my 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 full power because exactly. if my full power comes out then maybe the people around me who are also trying to figure out how to build up their full power are going to be threatened by that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and with especially in like the the knucklehead alpha male beta male mega male sort of thing it's like it's gonna always be there you know there's always gonna be 
some level of I'm moving based on how the people around me are moving mm -hmm. and I'm going to present based on how the people around me are going to present and I'm going to dim myself down if the people around me deem me that I'm supposed to mm. dim myself down um, and you know it kind of goes back into what we were talking about before the episode got started which was just the the power that comes with our inherent sexuality yeah whether it's a balance of femininity and masculinity, mm -hmm. whether it's a non-binary balance, whether it's being able to accept myself for who I am and see myself and present myself as who I see myself as. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, there's there's power in it. I know the people yeah. that, I, that are friends of mine who have come out as their own selves, as their full selves, there's power in it. But it is a, it's a scary transition. It's a hard transition mm -hmm. to make. It's, you know, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's so tough. And you, you, you know, shame comes to mind, mm -hmm. right. As sort of this, this, this barrier to the actualization and so much, you know, shame surrounding, whether it's being in touch with your own sexuality, whether it's, um, just being in touch with, with your body in general. And again, how that, how that presents and, and just, you know, what we're told, you know, you know, as we grow up, whether it's, I don't know, if, it, if it's the media, if it's the mainstream, whatever, if it's Hollywood or, you know, whatever it is, however we're getting these messages, you know, or these stereotypes, like, um, and what that means. Like, if you're of a certain stature, you know, you can't, you know, you can't be strong or, you know, if you present as kind of a smaller guy, um, oh, no, he could never lift that or he's not strong. Well, not true if you present you know maybe you're a bigger woman oh yeah she's gonna be slow she's not gonna be fast I have seen so many examples like these things these statements just aren't true it's not true so you know if you're thinking you know I've got to present this way or you know I've got to lose weight I've got to bulk up I've got to you know I need um oh my god women getting surgeries on their genitals you know like labioplasty whatever it is if you're or I need this I need that like stop <laughs> you know no that doesn't that is not a determining factor um of anything really and to kind of tie it back a little bit what I you know what I've always been super impressed like Mujib you sort of you exude this confidence that's this quiet confidence if I can say that about you um, it's, you know, when you walk into a training situation with Mujib in particular, it's sort of this unassuming confidence in that you just see this guy like pick up a heavy kettlebell and just go to work, like makes it look so easy. And, but what that does, it's like, I know that you feel you don't have that. You don't have anything to prove to me, mm. nor, sh nor should you. Um, but I just, I admire that kind of confidence and I know that it takes work to get to that place. Right. I know that it takes work right. to get to that place, but that's just this beautiful thing. And you've spoken about, you know, I'm five, six, I'm this, you know. Um, but I mean, I've, I've seen the way you move with a kettlebell mm -hmm. and it's like, we've been told these messages that, oh, you know, if I want to lift heavy, we'll go back to women in particular, you know, I work with women, Muji Brook trains women. A lot of women will, will not think to grab a heavy weight or will not think to th that make it one of their goals to lift heavy, for example. And there's like this fear for what it's going to do to their body or how it might shape them. I get it all the time. Women are like, well, I don't want to, you know, get bigger. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, God, help you. 
Um, you know, it's it like it literally a piece of me dies when I sort of hear these things. I'm like, can we just kind of disconnect from that and let's talk about getting stronger? Like, I want you to lift that heavy weight, and it doesn't necessarily. You know, Mujib's got these amazing photos and pictures of these strong men and women in his studio, and um, you know, it's I can tell you right now, it's not just it's not like the Hulk. There's not pictures of the Hulk all over the place. There are these you know, just bodies, strong bodies that are taking various shapes that are just lifting tremendous amounts of weight. And it's, it's just this beautiful thing. So, you know, I would just encourage people, you know, if you're having these thoughts or thinking about stuff, you know, where does it come from? If, if, if there's any takeaway from today, you know, do the work and do the investigation. And like, I'm not going to sit here and shame anybody. If you're sitting at home and you're feeling bad, sad, shameful upset about something just start to investigate it start to peel back that onion like okay where are these feelings come from where are these thoughts these messages who's telling me this and why why do I feel this way where is it coming from and start to do that work and maybe even start to journal it because you know chances are you know these things have been coming at you and you know if we're here to do anything it's I I think it's part of our mission to say like you know just like peek behind the curtain because there's a lot of bullshit. So again, if you're if you're at home, if you're listening, and if you have all these feelings of like self doubt, of 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 lacking your personal power, man, or your personal power, or where you can be empowered from, you know, don't necessarily just see that as you. Like it's not just your own baggage. You know, like you you are coming into the world at a very specific time yeah. where a lot of very specific constraints have been built so that this country in this world can go a certain way um realize that a lot of that stuff was formulated by people that didn't have amazing self-worth themselves most likely Mm -hmm. or didn't value the relationships that they actually were in right Mm -hmm. and maybe didn't see in themselves what they thought was greatness so they had to repaint a picture of greatness Mm -hmm. and kind of conform everybody to that right it's not so much. You know, they used to tell folks that sugar was good for you, fat was bad for you. Mm-hmm. Now they're telling you that fat's good for you and sugar's bad for you, that sort of idea. Um, there's no one way to be. Yeah. You know, there's no one way to be beautiful. There's no one way to be amazing. There's no one way to be ugly if you feel like being ugly. Like, you can do that. You yeah. know what I mean? You can be how you want to be and still fully be empowered, still fully self-actualized. Um, and that's what I think... Again, if we say that this podcast is to shake things up, folks don't want to hear that sort of thing. Like, right. folks, like, I don't know. It's, I, I just love people so much, really, when it comes down to it. And when I picture all of the people that come to my mind when I think of that statement, they look so different. It's yeah. People are across the whole spectrum, yeah. the whole 300-dimensional spectrum of gender, of complexion, of hair type of body type of height size all that different stuff it's just like but part of that comes from my own work my own internal mm-hmm. work my own my own self-worth allowing me to see the value in other people yes you know what I yeah. mean yeah and I don't know I think that that's a beautiful gift I think we have to end with that beautiful gift <laughs> because I'm about to start crying. Uh, that was that was really amazing. Um, you know, we believe in you guys. We believe in ourselves. We believe in our listeners and just your own actualization. And, and I feel like you're on this journey with us. And so thank you for 
listening once again to an amazing hour and an insightful hour and certainly um you know, I'm going to go have a good cry, <laughs> a little release <laughs> after this. It feels really good to share. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Mujib, for the conversation. Oh, thank you as well, Sarah. I love the authenticity always. So. so great. So thank you, guys. This has been another episode of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>